You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my co-host Mike. How you doing, Mike? Party on, Mark. <laughs> Party on, Mike. It's, uh, it's, I guess it's been a good week here. Uh, everyone's favorite politician, Joe Biden, just won the South Carolina primaries. So, woohoo, old touchy white man. <laughs> good for him. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like a good guy. Uh, smart too. Yep. So, sp- speaking of, uh, touchy and, and old. Um, I guess we'll that's probably get, not a good way to start off any comment. I guess we'll get into the the IMDb game. Uh, I have mine all all ready for you, Mike. So un- right. under sex and nudity, uh, it is rated PG thirteen for some strong sexual references and brief violence. First of all, I want to clarify: you didn't go through brain candy and populate it and then present it as your uh, question this week, correct? <laughs> no, I didn't. I thought about doing that. <laughs> um, I'm going to guess Money Train. No, that's a very good guess, but not exactly. Uh, let's see. Violence and gore. Uh, non-graphic shootouts. Some comical violence of people being hit with objects or running into things. You know, you're a complete piece of shit because this is what I picked. It's Johnny Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling too. I had a feeling you were gonna pick it. <laughs> I just skipped it, and like that really stood out. That comic, you know, shooting thing. So uh-huh. yeah, so it's so Johnny Dangerously. Guess, guess what mine is? It is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> does yours? Does your uh, profanity include um, farging ice Corp holes? Sucker. And- and, yes. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that one for last because there's only there's only five on this one too, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah, That's funny. they're weird. Uh, so I'm going to guess Johnny Dangerously for mine. Uh, yes, it is. All right, awesome. A very uh, spirited <laughs> IMTV. <laughs> I think we both finally, like, at the right time, like, oh, yeah, we keep, because I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I keep forgetting to do, to do this. And I'm sure you did the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, what, what am I going to do this week? And I was like, oh, I can just do Johnny, Johnny Dangerously. Should have picked rounders because uh, you're out there uh, roundering. Oh yeah, that's true. I did rounder today. Was, How did uh, you do? Or am I not supposed to ask? I was uh, one off the money. <laughs> Which <laughs> that's worse yeah. than being like first out. I think. Yeah, it really sucks. I went with my brother, and uh, I roundered longer than him. So I guess that that's, well, that's good. As long as you're beating somebody that you could remind occasionally, that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's not like that uh, fucking poker tournament where I came ahead of you, huh? <laughs> I'm just going to constantly rub it in his face. Even if he we're, – we're supposed to go. There's a, a poker tournament at Hollywood Casino in Toledo this or next weekend, and I think we're going to go play in that. And even if he wins that and I f- go out first, I'm still going to say, hey, remember the, uh, the other <laughs> tournament we played where I lasted longer than you? And then whisper, how do you survive? Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, but I guess it's kind of good that we were through the the IMDb game so quick today because Mike uh, brought me an interesting article here from Rolling Stone, uh, which is, you know, not... For those of you out there listening, it's a magazine uh, in the United States that uh, came up in the 60s. Yeah. And, and mostly writers. Yeah. But uh, it, it's uh, the 40 best sketch comedy shows of all time. And we figured we'd go through it. I, I kind of read through the list a little bit and... I said to Mike, oh, this is really interesting. We should talk about this. Um, Mike and I obviously are fans of sketch comedy shows, uh, certain ones anyway. Uh, and, and there's already some egregious errors in it, especially oh, when you go uh, near yeah, the top. Absolutely. <laughs> totally agree. But uh, we were recording this before the next episode of Better Call Saul comes out. So uh, we will probably talk a little Saul um, in next week. Uh, but for now, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get into sketch comedy shows. So it was starting right off the list with a bang. Uh, just an absolute. Bang. Wait, are you going from forty to one? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> just an absolute. Well, bang. you can't let us open. I don't need to open it either, then, because uh, that seems ridiculous. Right. The the League of Gentlemen, which went from oh. <laughs> nineteen ninety nine to two thousand two. So I'm sure you're really familiar with this, right? I remember ads for it. I don't remember who's in this league of uh, gentlemen. Yeah, it's uh, Steve Pemberton, Reese Shearsmith, Mark Gaddis, and Jeremy Dyson uh, of the vacuum cleaner. Oh. I assume are these people from? Uh, it says they're from London. Maybe is that is yeah. that sound correct? Yeah, yeah. It took place in a fictional North English village. So I mean, how... yeah, it's it's one of those things where. You know, they're going to... The Benny Hill music plays in the background and they chase each other around. I, I assume. I've never seen it. The fucking teeth from the uh, promotional photo, though. There's two guys who aren't even showing their teeth at all. Yeah. The third oh, one yeah. just got hit with a baseball bat right in the fucking mouth. The guy in the back looks like a discount Conan O'Brien to me. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. Uh, So, yeah. And the guy second from the left looks like he could be a ventriloquist of me. <laughs> He really does. <laughs> he actually looks like Charlie McCarthy. <laughs> yes. Edgar Bergen's uh, ventriloquist. <laughs> we we discussed this. Or, we call them the guys. Some people do, at least. Right. Yeah. Or their friend. <laughs> what, what other podcast could you tune into and hear hot, sizzling Charlie McCarthy talk? <laughs> I think I've mentioned Edgar Bergen almost every podcast we've done. <laughs> Well, I think uh, the Gilbert Godfrey podcast is way ahead of us on the outdated references. Oh, not even cool. close. <laughs> They've had many guests who have died. That's how old the uh, jokes oh, are. Oh, wow. And it's very hilarious, too. I, I should add. I'm not shitting in them any regard. Yeah. Uh, the next one is kind of a, a surprise of Fridays. Yeah, and I actually have seen uh, a couple, ep- not a bunch, but a couple episodes of Fridays. Um, I've only seen the reference to it in the uh, the Man on the Moon movie mm-hmm. because Michael Richards uh, was on it. Uh, shockingly, he was angry in the sketch. Yeah, uh, but he was. I think Larry David was also on on Fridays. Uh, Andy Kaufman was a guest, yep. as I just mentioned. Billy Crystal. Um, 
never seen it. Uh, it lasted for two years from 80 to 82. If someone says it's shit, sure. But they had some uh, pretty, like I said, Michael Richards was on there, Larry David. Uh, mm-hmm. or not, what's her name? The, the VP lady wasn't on there, but I thought she was. She was on SNL. Julia Drives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just Michael Richards and Larry David alone, that's, you know, that's, you can't say it's the worst thing ever, I would think, or second to worst. Right. And, and yeah, the the sketch that you're referencing is probably the most famous thing about Fridays. Charlie Kaufman came on and there was a... And Andy Kaufman. Charlie right. Kaufman was a, uh, not in the industry that time. <laughs> that, that's true. Yeah. A- Andy Kaufman, uh, Charlie Kaufman's older brother, came uh, you know, was on the show and there was a skit where they are a sketch or whatever the hell you call them, where they were supposed to be smoking pot. Like everyone was excusing themselves to go to the bathroom to smoke pot. And that was like the joke. And he didn't really want to do it. So he just decided to mess with everybody and like completely break the fourth wall. And at one point, Michael Richards walks over and grabs the cue cards and just, you know, throws them down in front of him. Who I think is played by Norm MacDonald in this movie. Yeah, I, yeah, I believe that's correct. Yes, he goes just goes just read. I mean, there's been people claim that it was actually staged afterwards. What mm-hmm. actually happened? I don't know. <laughs> I don't really care that much either. Yeah, that's it's not. Yeah, it's not a, a big thing to me. But they they a couple of the episodes that I saw were not the the famous one uh, with Andy Kaufman, and um, it's not great it's it's fine i guess especially for the era but yeah, it's hard to judge outside of the context of being in ab to 82 as well yeah but it's not i mean there's there's definitely a reason why it only lasted a, a couple a couple seasons it, it had some gifted performers on there that weren't really being used to their full potential yeah um our next one is human giant again i saw commercials for this one I think all three people are varying degrees of famous, but the most mm-hmm. of, famous of them all on this one is uh, Aziz. Pardon me, Aziz Ansari. Mm-hmm. Is that Aziz of uh, sexual assault on Sorry? Right. Yeah, I'm not sure how you feel. I mean, not, I, I I don't really consider what he did to be sexual assault. I think we've discussed this uh, yeah, probably more either. than we should have. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I was I was thrilled that he was like you know caught up in the Me Too scandal. But I dislike mm-hmm. him, and it's because I uh, you know I just don't think he's funny. I right. think he like has more confidence than somebody with his level of humor should have. Absolutely. Why it's, like, it's like some people you'll see it's like I don't understand why you're so confident. There's really no reason. That's the I don't know why. I think Mike and I agree on this, but I don't know why. But it's the most off-putting thing in the world to me. It drives me so nuts when someone sucks. But they're super confident with nothing to back it up. It's so annoying. Yeah, that's that's him in a nutshell to me. So I, I mean, I, I've never seen it. I wouldn't see it if uh, I was, you know, someone mm-hmm. was handing out like our bills or twenties to go see it. It's it, no no interest to me. So uh, the next one, number thirty-seven, is the Amanda Show, which I feel this is kind of unfair because it's a children's show. Yeah. I mean, Nickel is—is is there anything funny on Nickelodeon? No, there's not. It's just like, <laughs> look at me. I'm in a fat suit. I'm guessing that's like thirty percent of the shows. And the other one is like, oh, look at me. I'm—I—I I, I don't even know. It's just—it's probably not good. Uh, I, that, I have no expectations. Did that child molester from uh, from head of the class produce this one too? I don't—I don't think he was involved actually. Okay, but I could be wrong. But yeah, I mean, it's you know whatever. I love it's, the. You're not expecting anything good from there. I love the. Now I haven't seen the show, 
but I love I love the description that they give of it. Give of it. By age 13, Amanda Bynes was already the breakout star of one trailblazing kid sketch show, All That, and a perfect balance between Kristen Wiig's malleability and Chris Farley's surrealist physicality. Really? Yeah, yeah. Sure. We're going to we're going to I mean I've seen Amanda Bynes I think in maybe one movie uh probably something with Hillary Duff in it and <laughs> and I'm sure you have. Yeah. and uh I don't know if they were ever in a movie together but I, I think I've seen her in one movie but I, I mean I've seen enough of her that really we're going to we're going to compare her to Kristen Wiig and Chris Farley I mean that sounds like fucking insane that is an insane comment to make. But uh, as I said before, I hate Rolling Stone. Um, yeah. It magazine, they write terrible articles about stuff that only people in their fucking 80s care about. So another thing that bothers me about Rolling Stones is they have like a lot of input, or at least one of the writers does, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And we've seen how terrible that is. So, I mean, yeah. you know, what do you expect? Absolutely. Uh, next one is one that I've never seen. It's out of Britain. It's called Little Britain. But just read the description. It sounds almost as if they're saying it's a bad show because it's like very politically incorrect. Okay. I mean, that seems like it's fair because, you know, Rolling Stone uh, has no journalistic integrity whatsoever. Comedy should exist in an era of being slightly on the edge. That would certainly explain Vicki Pollard, Lucas's dim-witted teenage mother, who bordered on offensive and became a political talking point. Eh, Whatever. Didn't they compare the lead though to a, a young Phil Hartman? Uh, let's see. I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding because of the uh, Chris Farley last time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's some some show in Britain. I mean, I've never seen it. I never will. You know, unless I, I don't know why I would. There's no c- scenario I can think of that I would be watching the show. So whatever. Uh, our next one is called The Idiot Box. Uh, mm-hmm. I know the host, uh, Alex Winter. I'm a, a fan of his. Yep. He's Bill from Bill and Ted. He did the movie, uh, what was it called? Freaked, which I thought was pretty yes. funny. Yep. I've, I've heard of this one, um, as we've mentioned uh, many times on that show, much to my uh, sadness. I didn't have cable TV until I was maybe 18 or 19, mm-hmm. so I've never seen uh, Have you? Did you see The Idiot Box? I know my yes. friend Matt has, uh, but he's already looking at ball bags somewhere, so he couldn't make the show. <laughs> Well, there the balls is in the uh, the description of the show. Balls to the wall. Um, but yeah, I, I have actually seen this, and this is one of those ones where I mean, I was pretty young, but I do remember kind of being upset that it it just went away. Like, uh, I'm I think I knew it was canceled. I can't remember if I, if it was just like you know one time I tuned tuned in to see it and it was gone. But uh, I do remember like being upset that it wasn't uh, that it wasn't on anymore. And I like you, I like Alex Winter a lot. I thought it was uh, it's one of those kind of like surrealistic, uh, like really out there shows. But I thought it was really funny. Sure, he he actually does some really good documentaries on like the deep web and like you know the state of the internet culture. It's I'd check those out for sure. And also uh, Face the Music, Bill and Ted. I'm still on the fence as to whether I'm going to see that or not. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I'll see it at some point in some way. I don't know if I'll go to the movie theater to see it. And, you know, I should let everyone know, uh, listening out there, I hate going to the movies so much. There's a movie theater literally half a mile from my house, and I won't go there. If, if there was a movie theater next door that gave me free uh, free uh, shows, I wouldn't go to the movie theater. No, there's no I reason. Don't care. It's not, I'm not impressed by a big screen anymore. It's not fucking 1950. Oh, wow, they have air conditioning and large screens. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, why don't you... Oh, uh, closet to, you know, uh, 
go get something to eat if I want to, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, and then watch later. That's what I'll do. Yeah, John Goodman's not showing alien movies and then dropping spiders from the ceiling or whatever the fuck he was doing in that movie. Yeah, matinee. I've never seen that, but uh, I I heard it was okay. I actually kind of like that movie. Yeah. Uh, the next one is the first one that I really consider to be an egregious error. Uh, <laughs> you may not have seen this, um, but it's the Andy Dick Show, which was very briefly on uh, MTV. It was one or two two seasons, it says. Yeah. Uh, I'll say it. I don't care uh, how many times it takes. Andy Dick is a comedic genius. This yep. guy is, like, as far as physical he he is up, I'd say he's clearly a different styling of physical comedy because of, you know, is Bill compared to Chris Farley? But he is all. If you're going to compare anyone on this list so far to Chris Farley, mm-hmm. as far as physical, when it comes to comedian, it's Andy Dick. Yep, agreed. I, I mean, he's clearly had a lot of personal problems, so he'll never get the credit he deserves. But Andy Dick is a physical comedy. Yeah, and and I I did watch this show, and if I remember correctly. Uh, I think um, Bob Odenkirk uh, made you know some appearances on this show. Um, I think uh, there Ben were, Stiller. Yeah, Ben Stiller was on the show. There were several other uh, you know people on the it, show. His old friends from when he was on the Ben Stiller show. Um, one of the I don't remember if it was on this show or on the Tom Green show. One of the most funniest things I've seen is he and Tom Green like almost like a swapping personality type thing. Mm-hmm. But what's weird is when they put the makeup on, like they put a beard on Andy Dick. He looks, they look so similar. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then Andy, Andy Dick's impersonation basically consists of going, I'm Tom Green. I'm Tom Green. But they go out like in public and people like are like actually like think, you know, mistaking mm-hmm. them. For, it's, I, I thought it was really good. Yeah. He's, and that, that show, I agree with you. I, I assume that uh, the egregiousness of it is that it should be like top ten, and and I agree it should be. Uh, so next is can I mean I guess this is I guess this is a sketch show, but I don't know. It seems it's very weird. Uh, so it's Funnier Die presents, which apparently was maybe this was on the. You know, as opposed to being on the internet, maybe this was on TV at some point as well. That's my guess. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, it says it was on HBO. Um, so it's it's basically taking the stuff that they do on Funny or Die and bringing it to HBO. Now I've seen uh, the Funny or Die stuff, and um, as as uh, Jerry Seinfeld actually points out, he's like, you know what I don't like about that? No one ever dies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's uh there's only a few things that are on that are that are were on um funny or die that i thought was was very funny the be you know between two ferns being one of them um but, not the movie though no no but the but the skit for sure uh and you oh, know, yeah that's great there were there were a few other ones i think tim and eric uh were, were tim and eric were on there uh you know for a little bit and that's you know they're they're generally pretty funny. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very unfamiliar with them. I know the name. I, I've seen a couple of sketches, but yeah, I'm not familiar with them. Um, one that's really good on there. If you've seen the uh, Don Cheadle as um as a Captain Amer- Captain Planet. No, I don't think I actually have seen that. Yeah, that one's pretty good. I'm pretty sure it's funnier die. And there's another one that's that I like. That's the um. I, I also think it's a funny or die. I could be wrong. It's the Power Rangers, but okay. Zordon's like very. If you remember, the, if you ever had to watch Power Rangers, like you with a nephew or mm-hmm. something, 
Um, like it, it was very weird. Like the girls in a pink costume, the uh, Asian lady was in a uh, yellow costume, the oh. black guy was in a blue co- or was in a plastic. Okay, it just like directly addresses it. it. It's 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 pretty funny. I thought. Uh, and the uh, the yellow the yellow Power Ranger had coronavirus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, poor china um and the rest of the world apparently because it's here now too um but the the next one is uh this is number 32 for those of you keeping uh track at home and if you want to actually go through this with us you can just go look up uh you know the 40 40th greatest sketches yeah uh it's exit 57 uh with one of my favorites um uh amy uh sedaris yeah, see, I've never seen this either. Um, it looks like it only lasted for a season, but yeah, well, you get Amy Sedaris, you get mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert out here, uh, Paul Donello. Um, yep. Paul Donello, all three of those were in uh, Strangers with Candy, which was a sitcom that was very off kilter, but very fun, you know, funny to watch uh, uh, sitcom. So you think just the fact that Amy Sedaris and Stephen Colbert alone came out of here would give it like a higher, like, uh, you know, rating or whatever? Mm-hmm. But it, 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 I, I've never seen it. It was only on for a year. Who knows? I, I don't know how good or bad it was. It was. I, I watched it. It was. It was good. Not very um, weird. Yeah, it was definitely weird. Um, I don't think it was as funny as Strangers with Candy. Um, and then uh, you know, I don't like. Um, oh, what's the one that uh, John or not John Lennon? Um, Thomas Lennon. <laughs> yeah, what's oh, the uh, sketch comedy show? Uh, yeah, John Lennon. Shit. My wife is going to kill me. I'm sure it's on this list. Viva um, Variety, the, the maybe? state. Oh, I thought you meant the state, but yeah, yeah, he was on Viva Variety. Yeah, so like this, I think the state and Viva Variety are probably better uh, than Exit Fifty Seven, but a lot of the same sensibilities. It, it would probably be higher, I would imagine, if it it had been given more seasons. But I believe it was on Comedy Central, and. You know, at the time they were they were pretty saturated with uh, with sketch comedy shows, and you know they they basically they green lit lit like five, you know, a season, and then three of them would get cut. <laughs> sure. But uh, sure. next on the list is uh, one I've gone. This is a show I've gone back and forth on a few different times, based on on different things. But it's it's Mad TV number thirty one. Yeah, again, I'm surprised it's so low. Um. There's definitely funny sketches on it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of funny people who are on the show. Yep. Uh, Artie Lang, uh, you know, uh, Nicole Sullivan, mm-hmm. uh, what's her name, Alex Borstein, uh, Key yep. and Peele uh, are allegedly funny. I may have to witness it myself. Uh, <laughs> Will Sasso is on there. Um, Phil Lamar, who I like a lot, he, he does a lot of great voices, uh, especially for my favorite show, uh, Futurama. I mean, there's a ton of, you know, it's got a really good pedigree if you if you care about that sort of thing, which right. I imagine Rolling Stone must because I haven't seen SNL on here yet, and I'm sure they're way higher than they should be. Oh, they are way higher than they should be. But yeah, so the, the thing about Mad TV is I like Artie Lang a lot. Uh, I like Will Sasso a lot, actually, from a lot of, I, I didn't really at first, but from a lot of other things I've seen him in. I like him. I think Nicole Sullivan is very funny. Uh, I think she's got one of those. Um, I don't. Has she done stand up? Because I don't. I if she has, I I don't think so. Yeah. As far as like like sitcom and movies, I think she has that kind of timing. Uh, you know, down yeah. really well. Um, but I noticed how I said the uh, the ladies' names first. So I didn't sound sexist. Pretty smart, huh? Right. Exactly. <laughs> but the uh, the the problem with the show is. There are so many sketches. It's the Saturday Night Live problem, really, but even more so because there are so many sketches that are 
painful and then they do it over and over and over again like um what's his michael mcdonald i think he did that, that yes that baby or you know it's like a it, yeah, the baby voice or whatever yeah he's like a little kid or whatever but i mean you know he looks like him and it's like oh yeah maybe once that's funny because of the the visual juxtaposition but it gets so annoying over and over again yeah for another person i really like is uh David Herman, he was in a uh, Idiocracy. He's uh, oh, yeah. the guy. He's 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 in a lot of Mike Judge stuff. He was on um, a lot of different voices on King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. He's in one of the funniest uh, anecdotes I've heard from um, Mad TV outside of uh, Artie Lang's massive drug problem. Right, uh, were voices like you know to able to help someone to, like get the voice. He'd put like a set of headphones on and like you know like say it was. Um, Chevy Chase for some reason. You just listen to a lot of Chevy Chase talking over and over to kind of mm-hmm. for like a week in your head. Uh, he had a hit up for St. Pauly Shore one time. Oh, God. And he said he said he wanted to put a bullet in his head. When he was done with <laughs> Ways in the juice spot, eh? But yeah, I'm surprised this is so low. Um, I assume it's not highbrow enough for uh, Rolling Stone, you know, the, uh, the shittiest magazine out there. Yeah, apparently. You know, because, uh, you know, that great rock band, uh, Public Enemy, you know, how they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or Madonna with their fucking, uh, you know, shredding guitar solos. Yeah. What a rock and roll act, Madonna. Yeah. Remember Like a Virgin, how she, she rocks that? I bet these, I almost said a word I really am not allowed to say anymore. <laughs> those, uh, are going to put Britney Spears in there when, uh, you know, when she's uh, eligible. I mean, someone who's just never once, you know, wrote a single musical note in her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Next one I have no familiarity with. Um, it's a Jonathan Winters show. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Winters is one of the best episodes of Twilight Zone, a game of pool. Um, yep. He's, you know, obviously a really well-known comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a tour de force, you know. During his era, Jonathan Winters was like the funniest man alive, you know, for a good 10-year stretch. Yeah, and this, you know, uh, it's probably no surprise to people that know me, but I I have seen this show uh, on reruns. I, I I tend to like old comedy more than a lot of people my age. Like I I watch Jack Benny's show <laughs> like a lot of times, so I I have I haven't seen a ton of it, but I've seen uh, some of this show, and I think that I'll have to give Rolling Stone at least a modicum of credit here. One for uh, including it when you know they they could have easily overlooked it because of its age, but also uh, you know they write in here. Uh, basically, they say like you know with Jonathan Winters, if there's no Jonathan Winters, there's no Robin Williams, there's no Pee Wee Herman. I mean, I, I think well, the, I think those people probably still become comedians or whatever. But I, you can see a lot of the influence in both of those characters uh, from uh, from Jonathan Winters for sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I know you want to give them credit for bringing it up, but at the same time, can you think of fucking ten sketch shows, much less forty? That's why they're just pulling the shit from like you know England and all the stuff like that you've never once seen. That's Including true. The one. Yeah, that's, that's true, true. I suppose. I guess it's by one of the creators of Veep, and I, it looks like the guy who was in Veep and uh, what the fuck is that show? Arrested the Development. Family. Yeah, it looks like he, Tony something. It does. It does kind of look like Tony Hale. I don't think it's Tony Hale, but yeah, it does I don't think it is. Like but it's kind of it's kind of curious. But yeah. yeah, I mean, Tony Hale could play this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is something I've never seen. It's like a very inside thing because again, I think you're just already out of like you know after ten, you can't think of like thirty. Yeah, it's it is tough. Uh, but yeah, so this. 
and French and Saunders. Yep, I've seen that one too. French and Saunders, uh, not the earliest stuff because I didn't realize it went all the way back to 1987. But um, when, when they've shot because they reshowed it on Comedy Central uh, in the like the early aughts or the late 90s, um, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's Don French and Jennifer Saunders um, from uh, Absolutely Fabulous. Um, which is another, uh, another, it's not a sitcom. I mean, it, it is a sitcom. It's not a sketch show. Uh, but, right. but another one that, um, you know, was popular, uh, on comedy central, one of the British shows that they brought over. Um, and this is, you know, if you're a fan of, of British style humor where it's, it's very dry and, uh, you know, kind of sarcastic and, and like that, then you'll like this show. It's, uh, it's definitely a decent show. Um, I think it's probably appropriately placed at, at 28 out of 40. Uh, it's not, it's not fantastic, but it's, uh, it's solid. I do like those actresses. I just didn't realize that was them. Mm-hmm. What do we have next on our list? Uh, Mark <sighs> number 27. And uh, maybe you can tell why I'm sighing after I say this is uh, inside Amy Schumer. Right. I uh I've seen it a little bit. I think it's more known to me for uh all the uh the joke theft <laughs> that uh occurred yeah, yeah, on that, the show. Yeah, from what I've heard, it's just like ridiculous with the amount of like <clears throat> jokes and premises, like not necessarily Amy Schumer, but possibly mm-hmm. a lot of people think the writers yeah. had gone to various comedy clubs or I mean these like some of the stuff was just like famous like, you know, bits from you know, great comedians like Patrice O'Neill. I mean mm-hmm. but you, uh, I, I don't know how you could think you could just rip him off and not be caught, but yeah. Yeah. I've never seen this one myself. Um, I'm not a big Amy Schumer fan. Uh, that's just because I hate women and I think they're not funny. Um, <laughs> uh, no, the thing is, I, I don't think women aren't funny, but I think the comedy that a lot of women engage in is not the type of comedy that I'm interested in. I'm going to have a fan of like, ob- observational comedy. I really like just like aggressive, like, you know, over the line kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, what are you are, are you a fan of Amy Schumer's comedy? I'm guessing from the noise you made earlier, you're not. No, no, I I've seen. You know, I'm a big fan of of stand up comedy. So even like I'll give pretty much anyone a chance, and I've seen her stand up. I've seen a few episodes of her show, and I've never. It's not like I hate her or anything. Like, I don't think she's a detestable person or anything like that. I just don't find anything she says funny ever. See, I, I seem to recall she was on some of the comedy central roast, and I thought she was funny on there. But again, that's like more of a style of comedy that I think is funny than, you know, when I see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this- the next one we already kind of talked about a little bit. Um, I've never seen it. Um, I didn't. I don't, I don't even know what this aired on. Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job. Was that like uh, Adult? Yeah, Adult Swim, uh, Cartoon Network. Um, I've seen, I've seen several episodes of it. Um, it's how would I describe it? So, uh, you know, I think Tim Heidecker and Eric. Uh, whose last name Lodecker. I can't, yeah, I can't, yeah, yeah, Eric Lodecker. Uh, I think, I think they're both very funny. I like this show a lot. It's, it's weird. 
it's definitely a completely surrealistic uh there's almost no center that you can grab onto of reality uh for this show and it works in small doses like if this you know this couldn't be like a Saturday Night Live, like this couldn't be an hour, an hour and a half long show. It would just be too much. But, um, you know, in, in small doses, it, it really works. Yeah, I've seen one sketch. It's like, the, it's like if you have to take a shit, but there's only urinals available, it like just sprays like, you know, feces everywhere. Yeah, that's basically, all basically, yes. <laughs> yeah, from what I've heard, that's kind of how the show goes. Yeah. Um, next one, I don't remember anything except for the one tiny, uh, you know, homemade uh, cartoon show which uh, was the simpsons uh the tracy Ullman show yep i used to watch this with my sister this was on hbo yeah i never was it was it on fox at one point as well like wasn't there like the new tracy Ullman show or something like that yeah i i do i think they yeah i think they they definitely did a new tracy Ullman show which was on fox and i think they and that's where the simpsons were i believe yeah well they were on originally too on the the one that was on hbo but they i believe fox at some point acquired the rights to the Tracy Ullman show and began like before they did the new one. And they, then they started re-airing older episodes uh, on Fox as well. If I remember correctly. Yeah, I have no idea, but I, I do remember watching this. I remember the Simpsons, but you know what? It's funny. I don't remember the Simpsons as much. I thought it was like, I liked it. The, the little, little cartoon, like, uh, you know, break, but I really liked Tracy Ullman's humor uh, back then. I mean, you know, I was like eight and nine years old, so I don't know how uh, yeah. how sophisticated my my uh, humor palette was at the time. But I really did enjoy the show a lot. Yeah, I uh, you know never really saw that, uh, so I did see a couple of sketches for The Simpsons, but yeah, I don't know. She she did a lot of like uh, where she'd put on some like. Eliza do little uh like beggar woman outfit or something like that and be like, Oh, you look at me, you know, like kinda of like like and she'd start so doing like every every British comedian ever. Yeah, she did a lot of that. So you know, some, some, sometimes that would get old, but uh but I, I did there was a lot of I, I remember laughing a lot. But was it as good as not the nine o'clock news? Question mark. <laughs> now here's Sinned. Here's one I'm not familiar with. It sounds like um uh kind of like not necessarily the news, which was another thing on HBO that I did like, which was basically yeah, It said that was the American version. Okay. So yeah, that that makes sense then. It was cuz it's basically, you know, what the Daily Show became uh before the Daily Show existed, you know, it's fake news. Uh like, you know, s- s- satirical news, not the way people use fake news now. But what what uh, has me wanting to kind of search it out is apparently a uh, 24 year old Rowan Atkinson on it. And I, I like Rowan Atkinson a lot. I think he's very, they just said build a Mr. Bean statue in uh London, I think. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, I, I, I like him quite a bit. I think he's very funny and I'd love to see him on a, you know, a, a news satire show. So I haven't seen it, but I yeah. might, uh, I, I definitely might check it out. The next one is the fast show. Again, proving my theory that they're just finding any sketch comedy show they can find. <laughs> Seriously. This one lasted from 94 to 97 uh, by the looks of the guy in the uh, picture. It's from Britain. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, they said the whole purpose was just to turn out as many sketches as you could as quickly as you can. So that sounds uh, pretty bad. Yeah, that that is maybe the worst premise for <laughs> We're going to go with we're going to go with uh quantity. We don't care about quality. Right. But yeah, I've never seen that. Have you seen such a such a thing, Matt, Mark? No. No, I have not. I was here with Matt yesterday. Sorry. That's okay. Uh apparently Johnny, on the show. Johnny Depp was such a huge fan, he allegedly begged to do a guest appearance. Later saying that scoring a cameo was absolutely one of the my proudest achievements. So, and he and he goes, "This is the worst thing I've ever been of." And and, and then he goes, "I'm just kidding. That was uh, yoga hosers, obviously." <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is like, you know, we're asked to trust Johnny Depp's uh, decision making skills, and this is the guy that said uh, yes to like a fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> so. Right. Um, yeah, the next one I've never seen. Um, I have. I, yeah, I know it's a pretty popular show, uh, Portlandia. Mm-hmm. I mostly haven't seen it because I'm not a fan of Fred Armisen. Speaking yeah. of rapers. <laughs> I keyed. <laughs> I, I have been to Portland. Uh, I've been, you know, to a few different areas on the, the West Coast, uh, you know, the North, the Pacific Northwest. And... It, this show is spot on about it's so funny because the way I hear people like Bill Hader and stuff like the people that are friends with Fred Armisen, the way I hear them talk about him is it seems like he loves talking about Portland because he, you know, he's from Portland and you know, he brings it up in conversation all the time. So like he really loves Portland, but he shits on Portland so expertly on this show too, though. Cause it's like, there's a, um, you know, a feminist bookstore and stuff. like. It's just like, there's a, and it, the, the people that, uh, you know, are the, um, the proprietors are very stereotypical of, you know, uh, small town or small, uh, business owners in Portland. And it's just, it's, it's very funny. They, they do this one skit where, um, he, he goes to a restaurant and, uh, they talk about how everything's locally sourced. Everything that they're eating is locally sourced, and they're like, "Do you want to take a tour of the farm?" So they're like, they take the like it. It just keeps going on and on, where they basically follow this one chicken that's uh, laying the eggs that they're gonna eat and stuff like. It's very funny, uh, especially if you're familiar with how insane people in Portland can be about this kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm probably not going to watch it, but yeah. Do you think that deserves to be higher, or have you skimmed the list? Um, I mean, I wouldn't put it top ten. Well, I mean, I guess once I'd have to, I'd have to really like look at at all the shows on the list to to. Uh, I mean, the next one that comes up definitely deserves to be above <laughs> Portlandia, and there's you know there's ones that that definitely deserve to be above it. Um. Why don't you try and put together mentally like a top five at the end? We could both compare. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, but the next one, number 21, is the Upright Citizens Brigade, uh, UCB, uh, for those of you in the know. Uh, apparently- I, I had cable at this time, and I love this show. This is yeah. my favorite show when it was out. Yep. Yeah. It's got some, some luminaries, Amy Poehler, Matt Walsh, uh, Ian Roberts, uh, Matt Besser. Um, definitely... You know, they also actually Fred Armisen was in the Upright Citizens Brigade at one point. Mm-hmm. So was um, oh, what's his name, Horatio Sands and Adam McKay. Yep. I yep. may be wrong on Fred Armisen, but I I know the other two are correct. 
Yeah, and they, you know, they created. It's kind of like another second city, basically. Uh, they that they created out of this, uh, uh, the Upper Citizens Brigade, because they they have theaters now, uh, where you know you can go and and do improv and and stuff like that. And you yeah, know, a lot of people have coming out of there. I know Zach Woods uh, worked, you know, or or started at the Upper Citizens Brigade Theater when he was really young. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them were heavily employed by Kurt O'Brien because. He's, Amy Poehler, at least, was in a lot of his sketches, you know, when Conan was starting out. Yep. Andy Richter's little sister. Um, all the I, I, the show was very funny. I, I honestly don't understand why it was canceled. I, I thought it was the funniest show that was on the air at the time. Agreed. I, I totally agree. I, I and, and I think it probably deserves to be higher on this list. Yeah, I mean, I mean, also, I, I do think influence, I mean, and also your, um, you know, your, uh, sorry, your alumni do should have a factor in this. I mean, like mm-hmm. you said, they built like, you know, they basically built like another groundlings or yeah. improv Olympics is where they came from. This Del Close guy was a lot of their mentors. Mm-hmm. A lot of them's mentor. But yeah, or like Second City, they, I mean they they basically created a machine to make more improv improv comedy. Yeah, exactly. And, and and like you said with the alumni, I mean, you know, uh you can like them or hate them. And I think that they have uh varying degrees of like they have different styles for sure but uh you know amy poehler matt walsh uh you know obviously very successful and uh and you know highly regarded as comedians yeah i don't even know where we could watch this show it is i i would watch it again like mm-hmm. if, if i could i i've searched for it many times it's it's a great show what what's the one and i don't i don't think it's the upright citizens brigade but i'm trying to remember what show it was there is this one sketch where uh the guy is like he's he for some reason he's uh like convinced he's gay but he's not gay <laughs> and like he's talking to a waiter they're in a restaurant and the waiter's like, um, he's like, uh, you know, he's like, oh, you're not gay or whatever or something like that. And he and he's, he says something like, you know, well, what what do gay people eat or whatever? And he's like, well, we can eat whatever we what we want. And he uh, just that sounds familiar. I don't know what it is. He so. just stands up and he goes, such freedom. That might be the UCB. I, I don't know though. Yeah, I feel like Amy Amy Poehler's in that sketch. So I I think. That is the Upright Citizens Brigade, and that definitely sounds like a premise they would go with because mm-hmm. you know they were they were they were a very good show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the opposite of that is rated higher than it. It's called uh, <laughs> "You Can't Do That on Television." Oh, actually, shit! I should have said, "Do you know what the next?" Uh, I don't know. <laughs> ah! I know very little about the show. What I saw, what I've seen it again. The uh, the cable bias uh, mm-hmm. coming into play. Yeah. Um, it wasn't funny even when I was a child. Uh, it's mostly known at this point because uh, Alanis Morissette was on it. Yeah, that's true. And also the slime and the I don't know phrase. And what I always remember, there's this weird like dungeon like kind of thing at the end where the kids are just hanging by their arms. It seemed very odd. Did, uh, yes. did Dennis from uh, End of the Class was in early one of his uh, works? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I totally forgot about that, but yeah, like over the credits, the kids are just like, I guess the, the premise of the show is that these kids are just trapped here and forced to do sketches. I don't know, but it's one of those shows. It was one of the earliest shows that I remember, uh, you know, from when I was a kid, cause we, we did have cable because, uh, you know, hashtag, uh, rich life or whatever, <laughs> but, yeah. um, uh, did your butler change the channel or did you have a remote? <laughs> No, uh, actually, my butler's butler changed the channel while my butler was uh, preparing my 
I don't know, my lunch. Royal penis cleaning? Yeah. So um, It was an all good it was an all good time. <laughs> so I um but I, I do remember this show a lot and it's one of the it's one of those shows that I remember just watching. I don't remember finding anything really funny. I don't remember ever really laughing at it. But I just remember like my sister would would watch us during the summer and uh, me and your wife, actually. And she would uh, like sit us down in front of this and be like, watch this. And we just sit and watch. And, you know, we didn't I don't think we ever got out of it what we were supposed to get out of it. We didn't laugh. We weren't like, oh, you know, that was so funny. Let's. Let's, you know, do lines. Are from you that. saying it wasn't funnier than the Upright Citizens Brigade? No, it definitely wasn't funnier than the Upright Citizens Brigade. Well, that sucks. But Rolling um, Stone steered me wrong again. Yeah, how how can we trust Rolling Stone? <laughs> Fake news. Oh god. Uh the next one, uh number 19, which also shouldn't be above the Upright Citizens Brigade, is the Ben Stiller show. 1992 yeah. to 93. I've maybe seen one or two sketches from this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, I would I would disagree. I would say just because of going by the alumni, I mean, you have quite a few, you know, really like, you know, heavy hitters in the entertainment yeah. industry originating here. I mean, it was co-created by Ben Stiller and I think Judd Apatow. Yep, that's so, you know, that's like his first thing he created. I mean, you have Andy Dick, which, you know, I've already said and will say as many times as you let me that he's a genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, Janine Garofalo, who I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, but you can't deny that she's a comedic force. Mm-hmm. Bob Odenkirk, who ironically I find better as like a dramatic actor. I don't find Mr. Right? Show, I, Mr. Show. I find like maybe two sketches funny on Mr. Show. Yeah, I agree. Um, and they are very, they're, they're like hilarious. But I mean, I'm, I'm eh, he, that doesn't do much for me. But also speaking of Mr. Show, David Cross was also on the show. So you have a lot of, it only lasted a season. Yeah. And here's the thing. I don't think it's a terrible show. I just think that, that UCB is better than this show, but, um, the few sketches. And again, I have, I've seen maybe an episode or two of this. Um, it's good. It's not, it's not bad. It certainly, it certainly deserves to be in the upper half of the list. Um, but, uh, but I mean, there, there's just something. There's some I, you know, and maybe this is my Ben Stiller bias. <laughs> like we all we all have a Ben Stiller bias coming in here because there are there are certain instances where I find Ben Stiller funny, but for the most part, I'm not a huge fan of his. Um, and, and obviously, except this, in Permanent Midnight, where he's amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but obviously, this is heavy Ben Stiller. Um, and I, I mean, I would think so. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's another one of those ones where it's a little bit, it's a little bit surreal, but it's also kind of, you know, it has its feet on the ground a little bit as well. Um, I I think of Ben Siller as like a a person that I can recognize as like a talented musician, but their music's just not for me. Like Lady Gaga, I I mean, she's not like a, you know, the, you know, Mm -hmm. pop star who like, you know. I mean, I, I I would agree with her being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, if that makes sense. I mean, she's yeah, like no, more I of agree. a pop right girl shit. She's a, you know amazing talent, but it's just not for me. I again, I wouldn't if you gave me free tickets front row to Lady Gaga, I would just not go because it's, I just have no interest. But she's clearly very talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a big difference between Britney Spears and Lady Gaga. You know, like one or even 
let's say like I don't know Katy Perry. Does she have a good voice? Do, do people mostly think she no, has a good I, voice? I don't, I don't believe. I don't believe they think that. I think people uh, believe Ariana Grande does though. Okay, think, so uh, there you go. Also, like, supposedly great voices these days just auto tune everything. So it's right. like you know why even. Bother? But yeah, there's a difference between like I think Lady Gaga's a musician. Like Lady Gaga writes a lot of her own. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. She um, was a songwriter before yeah. she became a performer. Yeah, and she writes a lot of her own music as well too. So she's I, like I definitely respect her talent. So yeah, agreed. Yeah. So uh, let's see. The next one, uh, uh, we all know the next one. Uh, just mm-hmm. go ahead and say it, Mark, because we all are familiar with this one. Yeah. So I actually have seen this. I'm sure you have. It's the Ernie Kovacs show. Um, Ernie Kovacs was a, a very popular uh, comedian in the uh, in the fifties. Um, it's so it says Benny Burl and Caesar were giants of the 1950s TV, but nobody was more visually innovative or subversively influential than Ernie Kovacs. And I I actually kind of 100 percent agree with that. Like Jack Benny did a lot as far as uh, sitcoms go and, and things like that, and and you know he obviously inspired uh, Johnny Carson stuff like that. Uh, Milton Burl was you know, just kind of like consummate entertainer. And Sid Caesar was like, Sid Caesar basically invented variety shows. But Ernie Kovacs was, Ernie Kovacs was very, especially for the 50s, like he was avant-garde, um, you know, for the 50s. And his, like, the odd, like the the odd sketches, the odd characters, uh, the writing, I, I think... It definitely inspired a lot of different things, and I I would agree. I I I might actually put this show a little bit higher. Um, I kind of have a soft spot in my heart for Ernie Kovacs. I just think he's he he is my kind of humor. Like I, like I find him very funny. Sure. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I'll take your word on it. Uh, the next one is another interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, in a Carvey show. Yeah. See, I think this show was a was too good to mm-hmm. be on network television. I mean, if this is on Agreed. HBO, you probably have a you know. I mean, again, a, a list of heavy hitters here. We have Stephen Colbert, Steve Carell, mm-hmm. Robert Smigel, Louis C.K., Charlie Kaufman, Andy Kaufman's uh, older brother, yeah, correct. Bob Odenkirk. Uh, again, Bob Odenkirk. He probably was like a death knell for a series at a certain point. Yeah. But he sucked. Um, and then some, you know, other people, obviously, uh, you know, Louis C.K. is a controversial figure now. Uh, but I mean, Stephen Colbert, Steve mm-hmm. Carell. Like, that's like the top of comedy, you know. Yeah, Steve Carell. I mean, I, I didn't see him in a movie that's comedy for a while, but he's hilarious. Uh, Charlie Kaufman, a genius. I mean, mm-hmm. and there's even like a, a documentary about this on Netflix. I can't remember, but uh, unfortunately, I think it was being produced right when the controversy with Louis C.K. came out. Oh, because like he's, he's, he was the head writer, I think, and he's just not in it at all, and nobody references him. So it's like you take all the good stuff right out of it. Yeah, that does suck. I I saw that documentary, which was pretty good. Um, I remember the show, uh, and like you said, it, it was one of those things where it was it was t- it was too good for network TV. It should have been like, on. Like it, yeah, go ahead. There's too much hype behind Dana Carvey at the mm-hmm. time, which sounds weird to be. I mean, but at the time when it came out, I mean, he was like you know the funniest person on SNL. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of stole him away from NBC, you know, so that was a big deal at the time there too. Um, they even like prime time all the stuff, and then like the first sketch is uh, Bill Clinton is uh, breastfeeding some puppies. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is is everyone everyone looked at him as like kind of wholesome and stuff too because of uh, 
the persona that he crafted on Saturday Night Live. Sure, and, but you have like the most subversive comedians out there at the mm-hmm. time. I mean, yeah. CK, Robert Swigel, yes, that's not going to be your normal show. And Dana Carvey, which a lot of people didn't really know, but Dana Carvey has a little bit of that bent too, which I'm sure is yeah, why yeah. he went and sought out like Louis C.K. and Odin Kirby. Yeah, and he wanted, actually, I don't think Louis C.K. was a head writer, um, but I don't remember who it was. Um, I think he was a head writer for Conan. That's where he's a head writer. But yeah, it was like you just have these like insane comedians, you know, in their early twenties. You know, they're all. I mean, I've seen one sketch maybe from. Oh no, I think there were two. One of them was pretty hilarious, and I always like I I, I must have seen it when it was on on the air because I always remember the sketch, but I just couldn't remember who did it. Mm-hmm. There was a sketch where uh, like these two guys would like go around and like pay for things and then drive off, like you know, thinking they like prank people. Yes. And the other one, which is the best, is uh it's a uh, skinheads in Maine or something like that it's called. It's mm-hmm. like these two, like, you know, guys with like, you know, Maine like values and accents. Yeah. It's just like, you know, call me and, you know, casually like being anti-Semitic. Yeah. There's si- a lot funnier than it sounds. They're sitting on the porch, like whittling. If I remember yeah. correctly. I know Stephen Colbert is one of them. I think Dana Carvey must be the other. <laughs> yeah. They're like, uh, like, uh, Oh, uh, you know, uh, uh, burning that synagogue over there. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh man. But uh yeah, the next one is uh The State, nineteen ninety three to nineteen ninety five. We mentioned a little bit. Um Michael Ian Black. Yeah. Uh it was on cable. Yeah. That's right. Michael Ian Black. Um I'm trying to remember the Thomas Lennon, um yep. what's his name? Keith uh Ken Moreno, I believe, was on here. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a guy who I think is on uh that What's it called? Brooklyn Nine Nine or Nine One One? Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, I think one of the guys is on there. And there was one. I think it's the same guy who was in a, a super bad. Do you know who I'm talking about? The guy who like you know like oh he hit him with the car. Like, yes, yes, I believe you're right. So it, 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 listeners out but there, also like another guy. Listeners out there, if you've ever seen uh, Wet Hot American Summer, that's basically the cast of the state. I mean, minus Janine Garofalo. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, a few other people. David Hyde but, Pierce, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, but that's like, that's kind of, you know, you know who's in it. I can't remember all their names. But, um, yeah, The State was one of those, uh, to me, it was a little hit or miss. Um, there were a lot of very funny sketches on the show, but some of them, I, you know, I was just kind of, they either sailed over my head at the time or, or I just didn't find them funny. Or imagine since it was on MTV, it probably had a lot of pop references and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I never, I never saw. It. My wife has it on DVD, I believe, and I don't think we have a DVD player anymore. Mm. Um, but I, I, she likes it. Um, I've seen stuff by the people who did it uh, that came out after. Like, I didn't care for what out American Summer. It's not really my sense of humor. Right. Uh, the next one is actually a, a pretty big deal. It's uh, the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. Yep, one of my favorites as well. Yeah, I'm not 100 years old, so I never actually watched it. <laughs> my wife, oh, was, it, it, my wife, my wife has a theory that I'm actually like 90 years old and I'm just pretending to be the age that I am. So uh, she's, let's hope it's more of a being John Malkovich and not a uh, right. get out situation. Right? She'll she'll get a kick out of out of listening to this and being like, "Oh, of course he's he's watched the Smothers Brothers comedy hour." <laughs> But that this is one like so um uh you know Rob as they as they point out Rob Reiner, Steve Martin 
were part of the writing staff. But I mean, and there were a few other people that were, you know, uh, part of the writing staff. This is a very bad list because there are a ton of like famous, like, you know, writers Mm -hmm. who came out of the show. It was like the place to be. Yeah. But, uh, um, uh, uh, Tommy and, uh, uh, Dick, I think, uh, Dick, Dick Smothers and Tommy Smothers. Um, they, they were like, so <laughs> at the time that this show was on, it's the late sixties. So it's 67 to 69. So there's a lot of huge social show, social changes going on. You know, Vietnam is, you know, raging and things like that. And these two have the look of like clean cuts, you know, we're okay for middle America type guys, but their sensibility was absolutely like, you know, um, like anarchists throwing Molotov cocktails into the uh, theater. Exactly. And it, it worked, especially for this era, it worked so well. Um, you know, and they were really able to be incredibly sub- subversive uh, during a, a period of time where because of the way they looked, because of the way they presented themselves, they got away with things that that a lot of people wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have been able to get away with. And eventually, I, I believe I haven't read the whole article yet, um, but I believe eventually that's what got them canceled because the show only lasted yeah. a couple seasons and it really could have gone a lot. It was more. a very, very popular show. Yeah, but they just they pushed the line too many times and and but they were you know they were very like i said they were they were they pushed the envelope a lot they did a lot for comedy uh that a lot of people i think they get overlooked a little bit yeah and uh again we should note since this is uh since this is a uh, rolling stone this is the first overtly political like you know sketch show on there mm-hmm. that really even addresses politics yeah. unless one of those weird british shows do that but i don't watch them right yeah, I don't, I don't care if they're talking about Brexit or, you know, figgy pudding or whatever the fuck they're talking about. Well, I mean, just because who watches those? This this next one, this is 100% proof this is a bullshit list. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's the Richard Pryor show. The reason that is because have you ever heard one comedian mention, oh, my God, the Richard Pryor See, here's the thing. I never even knew this show existed. Like, I didn't know Richard Pryor had his own sketch comedy show in 1977. So, yeah, I've never heard of it, never seen it. Right. But uh, apparently, I mean, I don't know. Like, it says a uh, few sketch shows shone brighter or burned out quicker than Priors, which aired for all of four episodes. Right. <laughs> in 1977. Wow. And it's number 14 on the list based on yeah, this, four episodes. This next one, by the way, it's possibly a criminal act how lowly this the show is rated yes. and i'm gonna saying i'm not a huge fan of any of these people mm-hmm. but this is sctv sctv yes. is you had the funniest people in the world working at sctv mm-hmm. at the time yep. like this, but i guess up close uh we mentioned earlier with the upright citizens brigade he actually uh helped come up with the concept for it but we have mm-hmm. eugene levy yep. we have Catherine o'hara mentioned again notice again i mentioned our lady early up mm-hmm. um we have John Candy. I mean, yes. John Candy's on the show. Dave Thomas, Rick Moranis, Martin Short joined at one point. Yep. Harold Ramis was involved. I mean, you cannot get this. Is this is all of eighties comedy right here? Yeah, absolutely. Every eighties is SCTV. And you know, um, some some like legendary sketches that you know people would would still recognize today, like. Uh, like the Great Up North or, or whatever it was called. With strange, strange brew was like their one spinoff. Yep. 
Yeah, and that's actually I like that movie, Strange Brew. Um, but yeah, that's that's Dave Thomas and and um, uh, Rick Moranis, ba- basically being uh, Canadians uh, that drink, you know, Molson all the time. And, and right, right. Um, and, and yeah, like you know, the, some of John Candy's stuff. There, there are a lot of um, sketches that came out of here that, like I said, still reverberate today. So yeah, I, I agree with you. SCTV is not my favorite sketch comedy show that's ever existed, but it definitely should be higher than um, than number thirteen. Yeah, this next one I would normally dismiss, but seeing as who's in it, I can't necessarily do that. Mm-hmm. It's a comedy show called uh, Fry and Lori, Lori and Fry. Yeah, from, it's from Britain with Fry and you. Yeah, a bit of Fry and Lori. Yep. Yeah, I mean they're both you know like top notch, you know, well known comedians. Um, and I'm gonna if we have any listeners in Britain, I'm probably gonna get a little bit of hate y'all here, but mm-hmm. I mean technically, I would just consider American comedy superior in every way to British comedy. So I just assume it will be better. I mean, it's obviously a different sentimentality as well. Sentiment. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll just say, okay, I'm fine with this. I've never seen it. um, But I trust that, you know, Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry would be, you know, putting together a funny, you know, comedy show. I've seen a couple sketches on YouTube from it. Like, you know, I've watched Black Adder, which Hugh Laurie is on. Uh, After I got into House, like, I kind of looked for some other things that Hugh Laurie was in and I watched black adder and thought he was hilarious in, in black adder. And then I came across this. I, like I said, I haven't actually seen a full episode, but I've seen a couple sketches that are on YouTube. Uh, the sketches I've seen are, are funny. Um, it's hard to say, like, I mean, I don't have enough data. It's hard to say whether or not it deserves to be number 12 on the list, but I, I think, uh, Stephen Fry is very funny. I think Hugh Laurie is very funny. Um, and then, and they, they, you know, they, Emma Thompson introduced them apparently in university. So they've known each other for a long time and uh, they have good chemistry. And like I said, the couple sketches I've seen are, are pretty funny. So, uh, yeah, that's as much of a ring endorsement as I can give it. I'll give, I'm giving this one a pass. Right. For, for all I know, it's lower than it should be. Uh, the next one is another, uh, you know, one that I, I've seen referenced a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Have not seen one episode. I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's a uh, laughing. Yep, I've seen. I've seen many episodes of laughing. I like Dan Rowan and Dick Martin uh, a lot, who were the the hosts of the uh, the show. Um, and this is another one where it was uh, sort of like the uh, the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour, where they didn't quite. I don't think they quite pushed the envelope this exactly as much or the same way as the Smothers Brothers did, but they, you know, they had, and it's one of those things too, where they'll do a sketch and then just all of a sudden after the sketch is over, um, there's this like dance party, right? So these, uh, like brightly colored lights are strobing on and off. Everyone's in garishly colored uh, clothes, dresses like uh, Ruth Buzzy's there, you know, and they're they're dancing like the pony and stuff like that. The the 60s music's going off. Then all the music stops. Uh, Artie Johnson or whoever turns to the camera and then delivers this like uh, I mean, I can't even think of a good example of one of the types of jokes, but it's like it's almost like a knock knock joke, but it's not a knock knock joke. It's just one of those like quick setup, quick punchline jokes. And then the audience laughs and then they play more music and then somebody else might say something and then they go on to the next sketch. And so it's, it's very much a product of its time. It's, if you don't know a lot about the sixties, it, it's gonna, this is gonna set, this is gonna be madness to you. 
But if you if yeah, you I... if you kind of appreciate the sixties, it, it definitely has um a quirky, silly like charm about it, and you can see a young uh, Goldie Hawn. There you go. Uh, this next one is a fucking terrible pick. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. It might be worse than that thing you do on television. It's the uh, Muppets. <laughs> it's number 10. I yeah, mean, it, Seriously? The fucking Muppets are the, the best sketch comedy show you ever saw? It's time to... Uh, what is it? Uh, it's time to... Light the lights or whatever. It's time to it's time to start the music, Mike. It's time to light the lights. It's time to watch the Muppets on the Muppet Show tonight. Yeah. yeah so that's... you know, this show has a bit of charm, I suppose, if you're like a real little little kid. But how this is I mean it, like on a list of sketch com like actual sketch comedy shows, I just I don't get it. It's this not some dumb fuck that thinks uh having a puppet on tv for the first time is uh you know groundbreaking mm -hmm. i haven't seen dc follies yet i'm sure it's further down the list <laughs> DC oh my god i remember that i remember that show fuck oh my god dc yeah, if I, you have anything to say about the muppets i'm just disturbed by it being on a list in the first place like this person probably has to notify people when he moves yeah no i don't i i don't think it belongs on the list i think it's in its context i think it's a fine show for for little little kids i think it's a fine show or it was a fine show during its era probably not anymore but uh right. as far as its inclusion on this list it seems ridiculous that it's on the list yeah, next one is way too low as well. Yep, I uh, live in color, and living color is the first sketch show that I watched from like the first episode. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't watch every episode because it quickly became not as good in my opinion. And plus, yep. I was at the age where I was doing a lot more stuff with friends, you know, and hanging out and that kind of stuff. But I love this show from the first episode. Hilarious! Another great cast, uh, mm -hmm. and also Marlon Wayans and uh, his brother are on there. Yep, absolutely. But we have we have uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans, you know, who is like. Uh, Pretty big star already at that point. Um, we had Damon Waynes, who I've heard many people say is like probably the best comedian if he wants to go out and start, you know, being a stand up again. But he's just like, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm making movies, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jim Carrey. Um, also, Kid Rock was on the show. Jamie Foxx was on the show. I mean, you basically have every person from the late 90s on the show, early 90s. And Jennifer Lopez was one of the dancers in between yep. sketches on the show. Right. Sean Wayne, that's the other terrible Wayne's brother. I meant him and Marlon are the worst, obviously. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this is, I mean, you know, there's still characters that people will recognize today. People still use some of the vernacular. I mean, Jim Carrey's the biggest comedian mm -hmm. after that show. He came from the show, obviously. Um, Chris what? Rock. I mean, Chris Rock is on the show. He was on yep. SNL as well. Yep. But I mean, you know, Chris Rock is on the show. That's how big of a show. Chris Rock left SNL to go on. on um, he was like in the mm -hmm. last season of In Living Color. But yeah, he's like, yeah, I, I want to be part of this. This is a big cultural moment, you know, where it's like an all black hat, not all black, but, you know, mm. African-Americans are the ones in charge of the show. There's, yep. you know, actually sketches that they could get the references on. You know, it's not like a... SNL were, and this is a bad example because I really like the sketch. Um, like the one with Christopher Walken, where he's like, and it's like you know all this like super white shit. You know, you put, actually have people speaking to the African American community, which is you know groundswell. And also, it's very good, and you have the funniest people out on the yeah, time. Absolutely. Yep, and like like you pointed out, I mean, Fire Marshal Phil, Bill, um, gays on film, 
uh, you know, there's there are a ton of sketches that uh, that came from this that you know people still talk about today. Uh, definitely, uh, like you and I agree. I like I 100% agree with you. Um, there are some really good seasons. There are some really good episodes. There are some really bad seasons, really bad episodes of the show. But you yes. know, it's hard to. It's hard to sustain a sketch comedy show for, you know, because back then they were doing, you know, they were doing like 30 episodes a season or something like that. It's probably too yeah. much. And then when it hit, they wanted to make more because they could really, you know, Keenan Every Wayne's being mm-hmm. an executive producer could really rake in the money, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But I felt they were guilty. Their biggest crime, in my opinion, was they were just trying to make everything a, a breakout character. Like every sketch. Yes. I mean, you could you have some sketches that are just filler and uh that's a perfect transition for the biggest crime on this list mm, this is mm. easily without a doubt in my mind the best sketch comedy show ever invented and yep. it's not even close it's the kids the kids in the- yep the kids in the hall we've talked about the kids in the hall we had an entire episode dedicated to the kids in the hall we've talked about the kids in the hall a lot on the show um i think that's probably one of the first things that mike and i kind of bonded over is talking about the kids in the hall because um, for whatever reason, it was on Comedy Central at the time, and I yeah. think we did talk about that a lot. Yeah, for whatever reason, like a lot of people that were in our age group or in our friend group or whatever didn't, you know, it wasn't something that appealed to them. But Mike and I, you know, we we both like, you know, independently loved it and then started talking about it, uh, you know, together. But I agree. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I could even conceive of a show being as good as the Kids in the Hall ever. Um, this is I've never seen a I've seen sketches I don't like or find that funny but mm-hmm. I they're mailing it in even when they use a repeat character yep. it's like the opposite of trying to make every character its own star I mean it's like you're just like making anything you want into a sketch I mean you could the, the writers which are the kids in the hall and there was additional ones as well they're geniuses mm-hmm. I mean, they wow I mean I can't I can't think of a sketch that I like I said that isn't original they're not you know it's not like oh look it's uh Premier uh, Trudeau in the news today. I mean, they reference the Queen of England might be the only celebrity they, they ever referenced, and it's yeah, a basically. character playing. The only other celebrity is a devil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, every person in this is amazing or hilarious. I mean, even the least funny would be the funniest on any other show. I mean, it, it's a great cast, great sketches, great writing. Again, it's from start to finish the best sketch show you will ever see. Um, I think Canada hits a perfect sweet spot here for me because it's a blend of like American and British humor. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I live in Metro Detroit, we see a lot of Canadian TV. It's all a lot of British shows. Yep. So you have these old, you know, Benny Hill and that kind of shit, and then you have SNL and stuff. And the way it's like comes out, and and, and you really that, that's kind of of uh, you know being disingenuous. There's its own sentimentality as well. You know, Canada has its own. Sense of humor. I'm not, you know, it's not just us in Britain, though. I would love to take credit for it because mm. the funniest five people you'll ever see. And that's the thing is, I think what makes it work more than any other show, and what makes it more consistent than any other show, because you know, you talk about they did a lot of skits, uh, a lot of sketches on this show, and you know, six years. Obviously, it didn't go as long as um, as Saturday Night Live. But I mean, I could take any six seasons of Saturday Night Live, even just cherry pick them, and 
it won't be nearly as consistent from sketch to sketch as the kids in the hall is. It it certainly won't be as funny. No, no, it wouldn't be as funny. But it, but even more than that, like the dip went like the funniest that SNL could be. And then the dip to as bad as sketches could be is a huge gulf. And oh, for sure. Yeah. And with the kids in the hall, it just it doesn't go down that far. It's so much more consistent. And I think one of the big reasons why is because and it's almost accidental is because these five guys found each other and yeah and they're very different people yeah that's the thing is that their their mix of different humors you know some of them are more grounded some of them are more surreal some of them are more silly some of them are more sarcastic uh and the the blending of all those you know the way that they were able to blend their different styles together and create different types of sketches out of it um yeah and and they're all fearless performers too i mean they have characters that you could not put on snl i mean oh no uh, i mean just i mean just he didn't even make it i mean in america you know if it's like the first gay character you know buddy Mm -hmm. cole it would be a huge deal you'd have talk shows Mm -hmm. a bunch of idiots would be out protesting funerals over it you know there'd be a a, a, Uh, because you know in the late 80s but they just don't even care. They just do what they want, and it's so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. You have to love it, regardless of what you think about political issues. Absolutely, yeah, De- definitely. Like we said, it's th- it's number one uh, when we talk about our five best at the end. I-, I think it'll be number one for for both Mike and I. Yeah, I might even say it's one and two because you need to distance it from the next one, and that's uh, <laughs> right. you know it's comparable. Uh, the next, right, yeah, the next one, Carol Burnett show. Yep. I've so seen, since I've never seen it, how was how was the Carol Burnett show? I haven't seen a ton of it. I've seen a little bit of it because I hate women, apparently. But no, um, actually, I think Carol Burnett uh, is very funny. Uh, Tim Conway, Harvey Corman, uh, they're pro- yeah, another another amazing cast. They're, yeah, they're and Vicky Lawrence was on it too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, I. It was it it's from what I've seen of it, it was a good show. I mean, it's not better than the kids in the hall, but uh, you know, no. it definitely definitely groundbreaking in its own way. Um, y- you know, for yeah, the obvi- time. obviously groundbreaking, especially for the time, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, a, a, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm not in its position above kids in the hall, but whatever. It's a it, it. yeah, it's a it's a good show. Uh, it deserves to be you know up there for sure. Uh, the next one, um, I don't. You may have seen this one. It seems kind of obscure, but I think this is just another instance where they take like you know legendary like you know writers or actors and go, okay, that was probably really good. Yeah, this is. Uh, I've seen this too. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> From 1950 to 1954, uh, your show of shows. Now this was Sid Caesar's show. So Sid Caesar, um, you know, starred in this. Uh, they mentioned Milton Berle. Let's see. Uh, oh, because he guest starred for a Milton Berle show. Okay, yeah. Um, this is the one with maybe, uh, you know, love these comedians or hate these comedians. Maybe the best writer's room ever. Uh, it's Carl Reiner. Yeah, that that might very well be the best writer's room ever. Carl Reiner, that, Mel Brooks, Neil Simon. <laughs> they don't mention him, but... Uh, um, uh, oh, I can't think of his name now. But another like legendary comedian uh, was part of this writer's room, um, and, and yeah, they they uh, Carl Reiner based the Dick Van Dyke show off of this writer's room. Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. I've never watched that show. 
but uh, just, you know, uh, absolute stellar writer, writer's room. Um, Imogene Coco, uh, any of you who have seen National Lampoon's Vacation, uh, she's Aunt Edna. Uh, she was, um, you know, she was a big part of this uh, the show as well. Um, would I, you know, honestly, I think I would put, I don't know that I would put it all the way to six. It's a good show. Um, but this one, I mean, I could say by the writers alone, I'm, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. I really don't care that much. Uh, the next one is what really pisses me off, but we'll get to that. Yes. But, uh, as far as the, just to wrap up the Sid Caesar stuff, um, I think it's just one of those situations where it's like Sid Caesar's humor is not exactly my kind of humor. Um, but you know, I mean, I think the, the, the thousand year old, well, all fairness, you didn't go through the great depression. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so de- definitely different time. I bet my dad loved it though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, number five, the next one, uh, is... I think it's important to mention that this list was originally published five years ago, and they just like redid it. So maybe that is affected by this. And also, yes. it, it, there are a couple of sketch comedy shows, at least one, um, which I think is pretty. I, I like it. I think you should leave. Uh, that's pretty funny. It's not even on here, but I don't think you know it wasn't out then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go ahead. It's uh, it's Key and Peel. Racist. 2012 to 2015. Um, I don't hate Key and Peele as much as Mike does. Uh, I, I've seen a few things that Keegan-Michael Key has done uh, that I find funny, um, kind of on his own. Uh, I think Jordan Peele's a, f- a very good director uh, and writer of uh, the movies that he's done. But I have seen this show, and I don't even know if I'd put this in the top 40, let alone, <laughs> let alone number five. I mean... It's way too high. Any sketch I've, I've seen multiple times, people are like, much like Star Wars, people think I've never seen it, but mm-hmm. with this, people, oh, check out the sketch. And I, like, it's, I've seen 10 sketches and not one of them, like, made me, like, actually laugh. So, I mean, to me, it's just, I don't understand why it's up there. That's the thing that people don't realize, especially with stuff like this with a sketch comedy show. Uh, so, like, like Mike pointed out, uh, people will just be like, oh, well, you didn't see it or whatever. But remember, that for whatever reason, so many people love this show. And when, you know, Mike and I converse with people and we're like, oh, we don't like this show. They'll be like, oh, yeah. let me just find this clip on YouTube. Let me find this sketch on YouTube. Watch yeah, this. Yeah, Mark one. and I are like comedy addicts. So we'll, yeah. we've both seen tons and tons of different types of comedy. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've given it, you know, beyond the shadow of a doubt. I just, just do not. No. It's not, it's, it's, I, it's, and I, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but it's not my humor and I don't, I don't find it funny. But you can't accuse us of being racist. At least I don't think so. Because the next one I think does deserve to be, uh, to probably be in my top five. And that's Chappelle's show at number four. What did you think of Chappelle's show? I don't know if we've talked about Chappelle's show a lot. Oh, I, I love the Dave Chappelle show, and I think Dave Chappelle is the best stand-up comedian out there right now. He mm. is a genius. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Perfect show. He accused Key and Peele of, like, ripping him off and then not making it funny or something like that, right. I think. You know, like, snarky comment, but I'm, I'm surprised he even bothered to, you know, comment on their show. His show is genius. It's it's hilarious. Mm. Uh, it makes... It'll, 
it, it's the type of humor that crosses over to everybody. It's like there's like people like Little John. I mean, not many people were aware of Little John at the time. I mean, yeah, he was in a lot of like really you know, like popular like rap songs that kind of stuff. But I mean, a lot of white people, including myself, had no idea who Little John is. And mm -hmm. so after you know, look, YouTube's a, a big deal, kind of coming out here too, so you could look up Little John if you don't know. And then you see he's doing a great impression. Dave Chappelle is so funny that there's stuff that he does that's amazing that he doesn't even get credit for. Like Absolutely. his impressions. Perfect. Yep. And the best example of that is Black Gallagher. I mean, he he, he studied Gallagher. He's very good. Like he had the same pattern. He had the same kind of accent. The same mannerisms. I mean, look at Gallagher. Then look at Black Gallagher. It's the same fucking thing. No, absolutely. You're so right. And that's the thing. That's the that's the hallmark of a great show and what a great comedian that Dave Chappelle is. Is that you can just mention Black Gallagher and I can picture it in my mind. The sketch and it makes me laugh. It doesn't even have to be on TV, like hit that. Like you said, that show, um, y you know, three seasons, um, really two, um. Yeah, I don't, I don't count the third season. It's unfinished. Right. Um. Basically, uh, as close I think as you can get to a perfect two seasons of sketch comedy. Oh um, uh, yeah, if. It I, I mean, if it weren't for the kids and all, it's it's definitely the best show out there. I mean, it was yeah. perfect. Uh, he ended. He is courageous. He ended it. You know, he's like, okay, fuck your money. I don't want to do this. I'm uncomfortable. It's not what I want to do. Yep. He had a lot of you know musical artists on there. You know, but not you know a lot of established ones as well. But mm -hmm. I mean, you know, so he's 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 Dave Chappelle. He's the funniest man alive. Yep. Yeah, absolutely fantastic and he show. Out of the fucking park with this show. I mean, so many classic sketches. I mean, all every Charlie Murphy moment that he's yep. ever on the camera is a moment. Yep. I mean, he 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 was able to figure out. You know, he it, it's genius. Okay, I, I can't say enough. If you haven't seen Spell Show, go watch it. Just just watch it. It's a yeah, absolutely. Go check out season one, season two. Uh, you know, there's and it's another one of those things where it's there's some. There, there's some political stuff. I mean, not much, but there's like oh, for sure some political stuff on there. But it's never like in your face. It's never like, hey, this is what I think, and fuck you. You know, it's just like yeah, it's often very broad too. Yeah. It's like yeah, they'll have uh, George W. Bush, but they're really more speaking on the like the way like you know historically blacks have mm -hmm. been treated. Yep. So it's not he's not so granular that it's like oh well this doubting memo I mean they do mention yellow cake in one sketch but it's mm -hmm. not so you know on the nose yeah exactly man I remember when that was all I could think of is man that sounds delicious <laughs> the uh the first time I uh I saw the uh, Wayne Brady sketch I I almost died laughing That's oh funny yes was. that was so funny yeah because they they do the um the the uh black stradamus or whatever it is um and uh he's like uh you know wayne brady or black black people don't embrace wayne brady because he makes bryant gumbel look like malcolm x and then uh chappelle i don't know how this exactly happened if if wayne brady reached out to him or if he reached out to wayne brady but he had the balls to be like let's bring him on the show let's fucking turn this on its head and that sketch is so funny where he goes <laughs> The first time he looks at the girl and says, is Wayne Brady going to have to choke a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think I left for like a minute straight at that point. It's so funny. Oh, my God. One of the best moments. Like, And that's a perfect callback from, like, you know, where you don't have to make a big deal about it or anything, but just, like, perfect callback to 
a previous sketch uh just brilliant yeah it's it's great and stephen king was on it once yeah that was uh it was kind of random he was just walking through new york yeah <laughs> uh number three is another one um that i think he'll probably disagree with being uh this high i don't I mean, I, I get it. I, well, I kind of get it, I guess. It depends. You know, I get it because Rolling Stone's doing the listing. Um, but man, number three. Number three is just so high. Better than the Chappelle show. Mr. I show. <laughs> I don't know why people like this show. I really don't. I, I You know, I, I, I like Bob Odenkirk a lot. But as you said. Yeah, and not, I hate David Cross a lot. Yeah. Not necessarily like. As a comedian, although I do like David Cross as a comedian. Oh, see, I don't like David Cross as a comedian. I think Bob Odenkirk's pretty funny, though. Yeah. But I like him better as a... I like him better as a dramatic actor, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Although, he still... Like, he brings that humor, but it's understated. Um, But the one sketch that I remember from this show, which I thought was hilarious, because... um, because I knew something about Robert Evans was um, uh, God reading. uh, I think it was God dictating his autobiography or whatever. And it's just Bob Odenkirk doing a Robert Evans impersonation. (laughs) It's basically just saying like Robert Evans has such a huge ego that he would think he's God. Right. And it was, you know, it was very funny. Uh, Yeah. There are moments on it that are funny, but, uh, but that's the one I, that's the one sketch sketch i or sketch i can remember where i'm like okay that's very funny other than that it's a lot of it's a lot of david cross's head uh in a you know in a hospital bed with a uh ridiculously tiny body uh you know underneath yeah yeah it, yeah i find there's two sketches that i really like in this and one of them i like so much that i bought the uh the season just for the sketch but it was the wrong season because i don't know um, it's the uh, the one where he the guy is like a rocker, but he becomes a. Boot. Oh yes. Yeah, so it's that, and then they go into like the uh, the classic camp from the eighties. I thought that was there's a lot of funny stuff in that. It's just really bizarre and just funny. And then another one I like is this guy like does a lie detector, and he's like saying like all these outrageous things, and then, like it's saying it's true. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty funny too. I thought, but yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, so that's number three for some reason. Number two. Uh, <laughs> this is the elephant in the room. Yeah, number two is I, I honestly reading through this, I thought this would be number one. Um, but uh, but number yeah, two, me too. Number two, Saturday Night Live, nineteen seventy five to present. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, what are they basing this on? Are they taking the top like fifty sketches? And uh, yeah, see, I've long said that if you took all the good. Sketches and condense them down. You might have five seasons, but that's only because you have forty. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Um, definitely, if you're talking about alumni, I mean, yeah, it's 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 the best one out there. The alumni, you know, you have all the best writers have spent time there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the best comedians. David Tell was a writer for SNL. Yeah. Uh, John Mulaney was a writer for SNL. Mm-hmm. Donald Glover wrote, or was I think he wrote for SNL as well. I don't think he was on the show. I mean, you have every comedian. Been associated, yeah, Conan. In some way, they brushed up against SM. Yeah, and, and you know, so, but I, you know, to me, the legacy of Sarah Nail- well, not the legacy, but even the the Amanda Bynes of a uh, older uh, white <laughs> man, Chris Farley, was on SNL. Exactly. 
<laughs> but uh, but the thing to me that always holds it back, and I would not put it at number two, is the talent that they that they wasted. I mean, Gilbert Gottfried was on there. Uh, Chris Rock wasted for. Well, Chris Rock's not a very good actor, so I think it's not a good fit for him. Right, but um, uh, Larry David. Uh, you know, so no, I hope he's a good actor because he's on the next season of Fargo, which I like a lot. Right, but yeah, like Larry David, they didn't know what to do with. Um, you know, like Gilbert Godfrey, they didn't know what to do with. The problem with Saturday Night Live is Saturday Night Live is a very specific box, and if you can fit yourself into that box, then you can be successful. Uh, and that's basically it there are only a few comedians that could really just kind of do their own thing and be themselves like eddie murphy uh and i think part of that was oh yeah that they were just going through you know a very tumultuous time and eddie murphy was all they had so they were like do every sketch and just do whatever you want yeah he's the funniest person around so he it lucked out he probably say I mean, he did save the save the show oh for sure there's, there is there there's no Saturday Night live on today without if eddie murphy was never on this show yeah i mean it's everyone knows anything to know about the show um Again, quality over quantity. If you put that up against uh, SNL, it's not very good, in my opinion. No, yeah, and and I mean they benefit from being on the longest and having you know an impressive group of alumni uh, or alumnus. But um, you know, like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't put them I wouldn't put them number two. If you if you're going specifically by alumni and cultural impact and stuff, I guess you can put them top five. I'd be fine with that. Um, you know, if you're weighing those things really heavily, uh, but number two just seems so, so high. Number one. Sure. Uh, yeah, this one I don't get either. Yeah. I, I, number one is Monty Python's Flying Circus. Uh, 1969, yes. 1974. Um, I know some of the sketches. I mean, I've seen, I've seen some of the shows. My, my sister used to be a huge fan of this show and I watched it with her. Uh, spam, you know, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, yeah, and obviously they have movies, and you know they're all mm-hmm. really prolific. There's a couple movies that that they've done, like Monty Python movies, uh, like Life of Brian and um, uh, the Holy Grail, that I think are good. But the sketches, it, there's two. Like the problem is, it's oh. it's the same thing as the Saturday Night Live problem. There might be three or four good sketches, but then there's like twenty just not good sketches yeah and i think i, I did like the movie was it uh, the one where they have all the sketches in the movie I, I thought some of those were funny like where the teacher's like demonstrating sex ed like with his wife mm-hmm. or yeah. the guy just eats what he explodes that's like kind of like just like a thing you have to see as like a young boy yeah like everyone like insists you see the scene i mean it's whatever i mean it's okay yeah life of brian i think is particularly funny because it's basically just like you know, Jesus uh, is born, and then at the same time, this dude Brian also <laughs> happens to be born. <laughs> and it's just like the the juxtaposition of their two lives, and it's it's very funny. Um, sure. But yeah, uh, I, I saw it, didn't care for it much, but I trust you. But um, but yeah, I I, I certainly wouldn't put it up there. So if All I right, so let's get, you have your top five together. Yeah, I, I think I do. Um, so number one, obviously is going to be, um, is going to be the kids in the hall. Um, Oh, obviously number two, uh, it's very close would be, uh, the Amanda Bynes show. 
<laughs> whatever that was called. No. Uh, number two, I think I would do uh, Chappelle's show. Um, number three, uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. And then four and five, you know, four and five are tough. Um, but I think I would probably go uh, the state. And then for number five, uh, it's tough. I mean, they're like, you know, like I said, if, if we're weighing heavily on alumni and, um, you know, and cultural impact and stuff like that, you know, I could I could make an argument for putting um, uh, Saturday Night Live on there. But if we're just talking about sure. personally what I like, um, I pro- I honestly probably put um, the uh, the Smothers Brothers uh, show on there at number five. Sure. Yeah, our, our first three are, are identical. Kids in the Hall, number one for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, number two is Chappelle's show, and Chappelle it, it's very close because Chappelle's show is very very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, gay because you know it's hilarious. Um, again, that had two seasons, so maybe that's again maybe it's beneficial. Whereas not a show like SNL. Right. Uh, number four, In Living Color. That's that was a it's a lot of it sold up today. You have a great yep. cast. Uh, you know a lot of like you know lineage from that. And uh, number five, I'm going to put a SNL actually, uh, just because of how much stuff has come out of it. I mean that alone. Kind of, it's like the Simpsons, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. if you read the Simpsons on and you get good stuff out of it, like some good writers and that kind of stuff, like they get through the mill, it's worth it being on, even if I don't watch it. I mean, yeah, I think I never watch this at all anymore. The Christopher Walken sketches from, especially from you know back when, oh, we, yeah, when we were sure. in high school. I mean, those alone probably could get it. You know, I mean, they definitely get it in the top ten. They could probably get it into oh, the yeah. top five because there's there is a lot of really good. Uh, in Saturday Night Live, unfortunately, yeah. there's a lot of bad too. Yeah, even more bad. But yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair list. Um, yeah, that's about it. So, uh, anything else you have to uh, say, Mark? No, I think we've pretty much said it all. That's uh, our rundown of the uh, the top forty and our top five. Uh, if you've got any, uh, you know, any thoughts about your top five, that could be uh, the action item today. If you want to write in. Uh, MassiveLateFee at gmail.com and give us your top five uh, sketch comedy shows. Maybe we'll read a few of them out. There you go. Well, it's uh, been fun. Not as fun as the Amanda show, but what can we do? <laughs> exactly. We Not all of us can have the comedic sensibilities of Kristen Wiig and Chris Farley. So, Yeah, sorry. But uh, we will see you next time. Bye. Uh, at Human Giant on Twitter. Yep, that's right.